Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. show this is higher peaks and this is lady sativa and this is episode three we've made it yes we have and we're moving right along everything is going really good i wanted to mention that we picked up some listeners from california and utah so we just want to give a shout out to them and we're glad we got you um also too uh, we got shout outs this week to mad farmer and ginger root (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh mad farmer he's one of the oregon rooted growers and he kicked us down some wax this this week uh how'd you like it it was a mix of uh jaeger slash purple crack and he's always making good extracts so what do you think i liked it it was probably a good seven or eight yeah i thought it was about a seven or eight and uh, we enjoyed that. And then uh, Ginger Root gave us some mystery flower, but it was really good. He's our he's our organ rooted resident mechanic, and uh, he's always getting stuff from from his customers. That's it's amazing. Always those um, the people you least expect it that get the best free freaking weed. Well, that's the thing is he's he's only enjoys in the evening, so it's not like he consumes a lot, but he definitely gets a variety of very good must be good to be a mechanic amen or do people do people have good bud that just have cars break down <laughs> maybe i don't know maybe so maybe because uh, they're doing all that running around yeah but we enjoyed that uh the mystery flower going up to i say that because he didn't even know what the name was it was really good is what it was um but we went uh took that to portland with this which we'll talk about in a minute um, and then we got some really good shatter this week that we just had to mention. It was from Lunchbox, and it was one of the first ones we've tried. We haven't tried Lunchbox yet. No, we have not tried Lunchbox. This Lunchbox, first try. Uh, <clears throat> Lunchbox Alchemy, and uh, packaging was really nice. Uh, it was a Liberty Haze shatter 
we got a gram of it. The THC measured out at 77.99%, which is really high. That's good. Mm-hmm. It you was know, pretty tasty. I'm starting to realize now that anything, if you're in the high 60s, you better be a really good, smelly, flavorful. Tasty. Yeah, because I, I you know, I can tell. Sometimes 68%, 69% is nice, but I can definitely tell the 10% difference. Yes, I would have to say I agree with that. So, and it was 3.59% CBDs tested by MRX. Now, <clears throat> I liked it. The Liberty, to me, it was it was a shatter. It looked like your really nice shatter pics that you see on the walls or online. And, Post them. Yeah, and well, I got pictures of it. And uh, the smell was quite strong. Yes, it Pretty was. Pretty funky. I thought it smelled funky. I guess kind of like a spicy pineapple was how I'd explain it. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> maybe that's the haze, the funkiness in it. Mm-hmm. But it tasted like pineapple to me. What did, what did you want to talk about it for a second? I think it tasted like that too. It was pretty, it was pretty good. I really wanted to try the other one along with it. <laughs> Just grab them both. Yeah. 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 But that one was, yeah, I would give it a, what would you say? Uh, yeah, about an I'm, eight or a nine. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was really good. Uh, or I guess a four point five, maybe a four. I don't. We haven't decided which scale we're working on yeah, yet. Yeah, we're working on a different scale from here and there. So we'll figure that out, though. Nonetheless, it's something to check out. I was really happy with the. Uh, was it thirty five or forty? It was forty on this one. I think it. I think it was thirty five. Was it thirty five? I think so. Yeah. So it was really good. It was. I really... thought it was very tasty. Uh, the smell of it was was different yeah yeah it was. it was but the taste was very good so and that was recommended by wayne out at uh, uh top shelf yes yeah in phoenix and we like it out there it's we go out there um quite often because they have a really good selection and they seem to keep stock in so we and we enjoy the company yeah always. And we, we like wayne so shout out to wayne we try to go to him all the time just because he's knowledgeable and he knows the concentrates real well so Thank you, sir. Don't mean to sound like a snob, but usually when he's there, we prefer Wayne, too. <laughs> We're like, hey, well, that's what I mean. come on over, bud. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, we'll wait for him just for the customer service. Yep. And it sounds like other people do, too. But here's the deal. I'll just say this real quick. Bud, bud tenders have some sort of ethics they have to kind of personally try to keep, really, because especially when you go in with a medical card, you, you are looking at it as medicine, not mm-hmm. necessarily recreational. And even rec people probably want to use it sometimes for nausea or something else. But uh, a lot of times you can go to places that have bud tenders that will recommend something they just need to sell, which is a little bit different than, say, a doctor's office because, you know, they're trying to get you things that will fix you, although they're probably selling drug rep stuff too. But (laughs) basically uh, you have to trust them that they're going to really literally sell you what you're asking for versus, you know, what... Mm-hmm. they need to sell. So yeah, exactly. Anyway, so we trust Wayne. And so thank you. Uh, and then also this week we are starting to show supporter peacemaker, excuse me, peacemaker gear, peacemakergear.com. <laughs> wow. I don't peacemakergear.com. Check them out. Uh, go to the shop tab and you can see what they're, what they got available right now. Um, so some of the products we'll be looking at were next week. We'll start maybe some prizes and contests and giveaways. That's that kind of thing. 
But this week we're going to just check them out, see what they're like, see what it's all about, and, and you know, uh, give it the organ-rooted test. Maybe we'll post a video on YouTube for you. Definitely going to put them through some hell, so we'll see what's going on. Uh, so, like I said, peacemakergear.com. And, uh, oh, just to let you know, that is one of the things about them that I've noticed already right away is the quality. You can get silicone products out. They're a silicone product. Uh, the They make, you know, bongs, pipes. They make a little... Um, dish. Yeah, they make a... Uh, well, actually, it's fairly medium-sized dish. And then uh, they even make a little sneaky toke type thing that... Uh, it's like a single it's either for a joint or a single bowl yeah exactly so um but it's not just silicone they're quality they they have a nice form they function well it's a thick good silicone very easy to clean yeah it's a food grade silicone the colors they have are nice they have some glow-in-the-dark ones and uh you know they use a 304 stainless sae steel so everything's good healthy quality and um, seems to be good, so we'll check that out and let you know. Test it out. One thing I can like. tell, yeah. One thing you can I can tell you is Oregon Rooted Crew. We're definitely active. We like to camp and hike and do all that in the in Oregon. So this is gonna be something I'm really interested in trying because I break things already. So here we go. Uh, let's see. Moving on, we're gonna go right into the news. I think this time with the news, we're gonna kind of go back and forth with some national entertainment style news, get a couple laughs, and mm-hmm. you know, say a couple things, and then bounce over back and forth to uh, organ news. So I'll let you start with that, lady. All right. Um, One of the first articles I got is by Missy Amato. It says 10 ways to know you're dealing with a pothead newbie. Teaching your friend the ropes when it comes to smoking is enjoyable, but also incredibly awkward. You are the sensei and they are the pothead newbie that doesn't understand what they're getting themselves into. (laughs) We've all had these friends. Exactly. Or have these friends. (laughs) You can understand these precious yet uncomfy moments. Yes, exactly. We all have those friends. It's fun being the uh, the official stoner specialist, though. I think after almost over a decade, actually, I think it is over a decade for me. I just don't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, He's yeah, old. I'm. I'm pretty sure that I would be the sensei in that. Yeah. Around Oregon <laughs> here, it's getting to the point where there's not too many newbies, but you know, with the recreational opening, there's a lot of people that are trying it out that probably never would have, and you know, it's fun to mess with them a little bit. But my bestie is one. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> she's probably done a couple of these in. Probably. Let's find out. All right, number one, the coughing. So much coughing. The f- <laughs> The first inhale will create a gagging effect, which we which you can't help but laugh at. You also know the bouts to getting high as, let me bleep it out, F, you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and you might not be ready for it. Um, the number two is, number two is they... In- Take innov- a small head. <laughs> exactly. They inevitably will burn the shit out of your weed. That's inevitably will burn inevitably. the shit out of you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I know. And here's the deal. What's up with that? You know, so would they eat a pie like that? Do you eat the whole pie? You no, can't... you eat it from the middle out. Duh. Oh, okay. Middle out. No, I'm thinking you take a piece, a slice, right? 
you take it from from the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't actually know. I really enjoy the crust. So uh, that's uh, that's just you know a given. It's gonna happen. They're gonna destroy it. Boom, whole top's gone. Yeah. See, if you're smoking with all your friends and you're all, you know, senseis, as it says, <laughs> right. then you would all know that you each take a piece of pie and sure. everybody gets a green hit. Well, that and everybody gets a nice slice of equal if pie. A, if a fan is blowing sometimes, it may happen that you burn more of the bowl than you mean to. That sounds like a rookie excuse, but go ahead. <laughs> um. It says those newbies are always the first ones to burn directly in the middle of the bull pack. Precious first timers, please stop ruining the weed. Please stop. Please stop. Number three. Especially can, because now it's really good weed. Exactly. Number three. Can you light this for me? <laughs> this question makes you glow with pride, seeing as you're the weed expert in this situation. Of course, <laughs> you're about to show off your wrist flick. <laughs> yeah, you got this. <laughs> Number four, you watch them smoke way too much. I have seen this happen several different times. It has been very entertaining, except when you are planning on going out. Right. Well, and it's only entertaining for you. The other person is either couch locked, which for them the first time is no fun. No, no. But also too, you know, it's just, oh my gosh. Here's the deal. If you're starting out the first time, you really should just take a little bit, a quarter hit. Don't take a Sobe bong. Trust me. I mean. <laughs> I have experience with giving that to somebody, and my bad. Should not have mixed that yeah. with drinking. Couch bound was definitely the right term for it. Yeah, I've done that to friends, too. And they end up couch bound. And, yeah, it's no good. They don't enjoy it. And it's, it's a lot like edibles. You know, you hit that one point and it's just too much and then you're just screwed on the couch for then you kind of feel like an asshole <laughs> yeah and it's not good for the first time but you know hey i guess you know if, if you're evil you can laugh about it well if they're dumb like this seems like it is it says you can just sit back and watch as they try to impress you with one too many hits you're we recommended just or we recommend just blindly to stare at them until it all hits at once Face palm. <laughs> in other words, that's one of those moments where, you know, if they're trying to act like they're better than you and, oh, look how much I can do. And trust me, I have seen that too. Mm -hmm. You know, the rookie, uh, I got the big head, look at me, take a lot of hits for you. Yeah, well, social pressure, gonna, you know. Yes, you're not going to keep up. You no. will never keep up as a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> look what they're going against. Freaking 25% weed. Exactly. All right, number five. They might not even get high, and it's your fault. They look at you and wonder, why isn't anything happening? For some first-time smokers, cannabis doesn't have first-time effects because their mind can't compute what the altered state is. I'm not sure about this one other than maybe they don't not taking a full hit either like, right you know some people try to claim they took a hit or they fake it or something and like they're those, just not doing it right like those people that are fake smokers that like put the cigarette to their lips yeah yeah and yeah blow out some smoke but right. they don't really inhale no not really not even yeah just not enough is all <laughs> no. so i mean i don't know i've, yeah. I've done that and that's the, the thing i didn't inhale properly or enough or whatever it didn't work but right any weed, we have an organ. If you take a hit, you will feel it. Probably gonna get high. Yes. 
It says you just have to convince the newbie to try, try, try again. <laughs> Until they're couch locked. Right. Number six. Or they might get paranoid as bleep. <laughs> yeah. First time smokers also have a more likely chance of getting paranoid because of the intense ru- rush of THC to the brain. Yeah. And this, it is an overload in that way too. And I think that's the thing is here's, here's my theory. The listeners out there might think I'm crazy, but I think if you're going to do it at first, you're better off getting couch lock than you are getting paranoid. And my feeling is that the paranoia comes from the old sativas, the active high, mm-hmm. you know, your brain's going, it's not your body high. It's your brain is yeah. getting messed up. And, and if so, you're not used to that. Exactly. And so the sativa is going to be, I, I believe where that stems from. I think. And then the Indicas, you're probably better off because you're going to get the body high, not so much in the head, but you're going to feel good and you're going to be locked on the couch and you're going to probably have less chance of being paranoid. But hey, you know, whatever. Better have munchies nearby because you won't want to go anywhere to get them. No. And with all the hybrids now, you know, who knows how it's going to affect you. Right. Exactly. Make sure you do your research when it comes to it. Ask Wayne. No. (laughs) I mean, any, any bud tender that'll, that knows his stuff, her stuff, her stuff. Exactly. All right, you get to either watch their paranoia with delight or be the good guy and calm them down. Both worth a story. Yeah. Number seven, when they're giving you the sexy eye and the old leg grab. Cannabis- How come this never happened to me? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy? I, I mean, was remember. I do the leg grabbing? Or? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that ever really happening at all. So. I mean, it does you know, make me frisky, but... Yeah, I would have to agree. Not to... <laughs> On your first time? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Cannabis triggers the release of dopamine, which can give off the feelings of euphoria and the sense of pleasure. This means that the person you're smoking with might try to jump your bones, so pick the first timer wisely. What does that mean? Like someone you can trust or someone who's really hot? (laughs) Yeah. Is that like a double-edged sword? Which one is that? Or both? Yeah. When you can trust and it's hot? I mean... There you Aim go. for both. Yeah. Number eight, the newbie will give you up for some munchies. <laughs> the munchies will be so intense with the newbie pothead that they'll just cast you off for Doritos or Oreos. And this is a classic one. <laughs> it goes away over time. You know this. If yes. you're if you're a veteran or even I'd say even if you smoke, you know, once or twice a day. Evenings even. Yeah, that goes away. Yeah. Um that's just a that's one of the more tamer side effects that mm-hmm. you know it long-term studies don't show any kind of like weight issue there Some, so sometimes i get it still it just depends on what i'm smoking. i think that's if you're a veteran i think that's more strain related yes exactly it depends so, on what i'm smoking yeah and sometimes so, if i do dabs compared to yeah. if i'm smoking a blunt yeah yeah and it, the thing about that is really hard to really continuously use the same kinds for what you know works because there's always 14 new flavors out that you want to try right and then you're like how do those work on me (laughs) we should get we should make dice so you can just roll it what do we get in today (laughs) but then you don't know what you know like there are truly in the mornings i need nausea relief and you know this it's a true fact and i use it as a factual medicine that truly works better than anything else and faster Mm -hmm. uh there's some strains that don't work right and you know so i do like to always have one that works other ways but i mean yeah at least something sure don't let it hurt your ego you know oreos are better than sex anyways that's right 
And like I said, that'll go away. Yeah, exactly. Number nine, all you wanted to do was smoke, but they literally will not shut up. That's another big one too. I have, that still happens to us today. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) They're going to want to talk about ISIS. They're going to want to talk about the universe. You've opened up their entire cerebral state of thinking and they won't stop. Can you say shout out to Midnight Strain on that one? (laughs) (laughs) You just thought you were going to smoke and watch some Bob's Burgers. You were wrong, friend. Number 10. Finally, the precious first timer falls asleep on the couch. You've shown them the cannabis ropes and they're exhausted from their adventure. You can now proudly, proudly sit in the chair and watch TV. High like you were planning to do the entire time. Awkward, yes. Worth it. Most definitely. (laughs) And that's the end. Okay. So that was, that's good. You know, and it's funny because a lot of us, especially most of the listeners, I'm sure are mostly veterans. So, you know, they're, they get to, they know exactly what we're talking about on that one. Um, so I'll take over for just a second. Uh, basically I just wanted to, uh, add this one here. Um, Dabs will get you as high as you can possibly get. Do you think so? I would have to agree with that. This is out of Green Rush Daily. And um, basically uh, it says scenes like that. Let me start with this. Basically, you got someone that pulls out a dab rig and you got this big old, you know, uh, torch. (laughs) Seems a little intimidating, especially for newer people. And it does seem a little not so marijuana like if you will right Right. but dabs are part of the big culture and i kind of was going to talk more about some some dab tech stuff later so i thought this would just be a little bit related to it but um again it just the image when you think about weed you think bulls bongs blunts joints stuff like that not blow torches and elaborate things that look like chemistry sets and you know yeah basically that's what they look like tiny little boogery looking sticky things so uh that are worse than honey or syrup like glue oh knowing how to work with it is important um so basically it says with all these new tools it's designed to, to deliver the strongest purest high available today exactly the kind of high that smoking marijuana concentrates deliver Uh, Marijuana concentrates, or dabs as they say, are more technically known as butane hash oils, BHOs. Of course, there's PHOs, which is propane. There's HHO, HHO, which is hexane. Uh, You know, it's there's so many options. There's CO2. Um, So there's there's solventless extracts. There's rosin. uh, All different kinds of pretty much the same thing, just different extractions. I'll tell you, I prefer uh, butane. Honestly, I, for one, I'll tell you this, like you look at the FDA allows something of upwards of like 1500 parts per million in of butane in your food and edible products. And, you know, you get like three to 500 PPMs parts per million and just a flick of a Bic. So when you hit that you know, pipe that one time, just the one time you're getting like three to 500 parts per million of butane of butane. So if you look at it in reality, the, any residual butane in wax is always tested like hundred parts per million, which is usually pretty bad 
way down to 30, 20 and less. And so if you really think about it in the big picture, you're getting butane probably, but you're getting a whole lot less of it really because you know, you're not using that butane, the lighter to, to, to ignite your wax. You're using a torch to heat up something, whether that's quartz or titanium or something that you can vaporize it with. Mm -hmm. So essentially you're getting actually a very healthy, one of the healthiest hits I think available in the fact that you're vaporizing it. Right. There's no plant material and you are not combusting it in the sense that you're not putting butane, you know, spent butane through it. So, right. Because all the butane has. Yeah. So, uh, it says, of course, uh, and they deliver intense, long lasting highs with minimal smoking. A little dabble, do you? What it says. <laughs> right. that's, okay. that's for certain. <laughs> uh, it says, do dabs deliver a different high? Uh, it's the intense high that dabbing delivers, which explains its popularity among stoners and tokers of all stripes who are looking for newer, better ways to achieve the psychotropic effects. Essentially, it's this. You know, basically, I felt like when I first started doing him, like it was the first time I did him. You know what I mean? Like right. I felt that same, whoa, holy crap, robotic, probably couch lock. I couldn't think straight for a minute. So, I mean, yeah, it does take it to the next level. Now that it's a regular thing. It's not always regular. When we have a break for a while, it does that. Oh, definitely. Not the same high no. as first time, not the couch lock, but it does definitely give Knock me a butt. different high. Yeah, and you can get stuff that's... 80% and 85% and he will knock you on your ass. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, that's the other thing. Don't dab all the time. We, I don't like to dab all the time. I do like to go up and down on my level, uh, you know, my, uh, my tolerance. Yes. You know, and it helps to go back and forth. And plus, you know, I like the taste of flour. I like the variety. I like how it looks. So there's other things I like to enjoy, but, yeah. but dabs are definitely at least 50% of the time. Um, so yeah, uh, and with that note, basically with newbies, just be careful. So, you know, again, if you're really going to step up to that and you're a newbie, you really need to take a small dab. Yes. And just, you know, the worst thing that's going to happen is your eyes are going to close on you and you're going to get sweaty and you could puke. You're not going to die. You're you going to feel like it. Yeah, you may see. You might feel like you're going to die. You're not, but it, it is overwhelming and it can be really tough. So start out with the flower. You know, don't be all high and mighty. And if you do, just do a little bit. Shit. If you drool, it's okay. We all understand. Yeah, yeah. But dabbing is just a way to uh, definitely make sure. And here's this. Here's the other thing is medicine wise. I do notice this. It's like. For people that I don't know how to relate this properly, but if you use um, some kind of pain medication, if you go from a lower dose to a higher dose, yes. it, it can work more efficiently. You have to maybe take less. It works quicker for you, whatever. Uh, same with the dabs. I use it as medicine. So if I'm going, if I'm sick in the morning, then basically I have to smoke half a bowl or a whole bowl and then wait 10 minutes and I'll start to feel better. Right. I take a dab and within, I'm not joking. A minute? Two, two minutes? Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, uh, and along with that, it just says dabs not recommended for first timers. As much as veteran stoners may crave the good old days, dabs are not a recommended approach for introducing someone to the wonderful world of weed. There are reports out there of first time users being turned off from grass for life 
because dabbing took them on a journey they couldn't control and couldn't understand. <laughs> Edibles in high doses and wow, or dabs in high doses can really fuck your world up if you're yep. new. Yep. Like good sex, you just can't go from zero to 100. You got to warm things up, get the mood right, learn about you and your partner's likes and dislikes. Well said. <laughs> well said. So um, it says once you go to dabs, you won't go back. This is true. It happens a lot. You just you fall in love with the intense high. Um, but just go back and forth. You know, don't right. don't spend all your money and. I liken it like this, you know, you don't go out, well, I hope you don't, but you don't go out when you appreciate alcohol, you don't go out and buy really expensive bottle of liquor and that's all you drink all week. Right. I mean, you save that for the weekend or a party or whatever else, exactly. kind of the same way, you know. Yeah, but, just favorite. it. Uh, but that's favorite. it. I just wanted to bring that up because I'm going to talk about dabs later and just for the newbies, you know, there you go. Um, we just had rec open up. So, and you can get a gram and a gram for a newbie. I don't get it. They're so worried about edibles, so they cap them off at 15 milligrams. And it, but yet you can get a whole gram of concentrate and screw your world up in one hit. I, I'm not sure about that. I guess because the dab only the dab only lasts an hour for probably a newbie. That maybe that's not enough to make them go to the hospital, whereas medibles might last for eight hours. And that yeah, I don't know. Anyway, take it over. <laughs> All right, I got some more entertainment. Um, from James McClear, it says, Ice Cube explains why his film Friday is a stoner comedy with a purpose. Now, I just want to say right right here, we brought this up because happy birthday, Ice Cube. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, he was born June 15th, 1969. He's 47 years old. This is good for me because... <laughs> He's, he's doing well. He's in his prime. Uh, and he's 47. Okay. Now I'm 41. So this is, this means hope for me. Okay. This is something I can look up to. Right. And so happy birthday there. Let's see what, uh, well, and I believe there. he's a lot of ours favorite. Yeah. He does represent, I mean, he's not out there like, you know, promoting cannabis, like, Hey, you know, no, he's not he's an not. activist in that sense, but he's, he's obviously a user. He obviously has it in his movies and his music so he's you know for sure and i would say at least a, a positive advocate for and it maybe you never can tell maybe he is an advocate and we just don't know know that side sure yeah we don't know yeah. that side but he's not we like, haven't done the research i don't i don't know of any uh ice cube dispensary or like ice cube <laughs> cron bomb or something right. that he's selling yet so right I, whereas i know i could buy a snoop vape pen or a snoop uh, gram of some special weed so <laughs> All right. Believe it or not, the cult cannabis classic Friday, 1995, is a stoner comedy with a purpose. Even though the struggle of the protagonist played by former NWA rapper Ice Cube and Chris Tucker mostly involves avoiding responsibilities so that they, so that they can puff joints in peace, the film's meandering narrative was meant to challenge the way people looked at, the, at living in the ghetto. At the time, people had looked at South Central like it was hell on earth. Ice Cube, who turns 46 today, this was a year ago, told Rolling Stones in 2015. He added that movies like Boys in the Hood from 1991, which he also starred in, and Menace to Society, 1993, didn't tell the full story of living in his neighborhood. So he teamed up with music producer DJ Pooh to write a comedy that looked at the highs as well as the lows of growing up in South Central. We wanted to put in a movie, 
put it in a movie and show that the neighborhood we grew up in wasn't this terror zone. It was just this, just this place that had good days and it had bad days. It was very unpredictable, which made it dangerous. But for the most part, we had fun growing up. So it was like, yo, we need to start how we do it, how we do on our streets and not make it a horror story. Uh, a neighborhood classic. The idea was to make a film that would become the what Cube calls neighborhood classic, a movie that people growing up in neighborhoods like his would watch over and over again, like Cheech and Chong films. But it caught on among much a much broader film community since it re- since its release Friday is still quoted from memorial lines like bye Felicia and you got knocked the F out <laughs> <laughs> here's what Cube had to say about the film's legacy to me it's one of the number one movies you check out when you're baked or you're getting down there's people that have Friday parties when where they rent all three movies and just kind of enjoy them it's morphed into this big thing and it starts off as little as this little cool idea. To me, that's what I'm most proud of. It's become part of not only just American culture, but there's people all over the world that really love it. That's how movies should be. So if you're looking for a way to celebrate his birthday, consider throwing a Friday party tonight. In between features, put on the clip of Ice Cube helping Conan O'Brien fill a pinata with marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's definitely my top. I'd say five, top five, maybe at least somewhere in there. Yeah, because I know <clears throat> it's pretty high up there. Yeah, <laughs> for me, at Grandma's least. Boy and yeah, Pineapple it's, Express. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough crowd up there. Well, it's definitely over Pineapple but I love Express. It, you know. because, but it's it's a measure up. It, yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I, Most definitely. It's a classic, a cult classic, and more for sure. All three of them are in one for me. Like. They are grouped into one of the top five. Yeah. Not three of the top five. Yeah. (laughs) Just to be clear about that. Yeah. And it's funny, like, if you listen to, um, like, Mike Epps, if you listen to his stand-up or you listen to even uh, Chris Tucker. Was that Chris Tucker was in the first one? Yeah. Yeah. So if you listen to them talk, they didn't get really, as I understand it, reimbursed or paid well at all i guess i don't Mm -hmm. know but if you listen to their stand-ups you can hear them why aren't you why didn't you make another movie everybody wants another movie well you know not so sure they were kind of happy with the outcome i don't know the details of that i don't know either yeah but i know that i enjoyed the movies that's all i cared about yeah yeah yeah. so (laughs) but i know it'd be nice i guess what i was going with that is it'd be nice to have some sort of follow-up yeah yeah it would are you just saying just leave it at three I don't know. Come on. For me, Fast and the Furious never got old. Well, that's the thing. There are some you could carry on. And if it, if Cube was doing it and they could keep people on as the set. As long as they could keep the some of the originals. That's what I mean. Because and that's what it, it would seems not it was, be entertaining right, to right. me if they changed people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let me take over real quick. This is straight <clears throat> organ news. I'll make this fairly quick. Basically, uh, we talked last episode about some IPM. And uh, basically, the pesticide list released uh, by Oregon and all their banned pesticides, what's legit to use and what's not. So uh, basically, this is back in January, but I just wanted to mention this because I can put this link up on show notes for people to, to reference, you know, if they're worried about what Oregon considers harmful or what's not, or if they're actually considered about being legal. 
Um, you can pull up that link. But basically, it was in January, uh, the Oregon Department of Agriculture released a list of over 250 pesticides cannabis growers can use on their crops safely. This list is available at ODA Cannabis and Pesticides webpage, which that's the link I'll put up there. Currently, there are no registered pesticide products in Oregon that are specifically labeled for use on marijuana, but ODA has established criteria for possible products that may be used on marijuana. They hope to help the growers distinguish pesticide products labels. Um, you know, there's a gray area with cannabis. Like they can say you can use it on this, you can use it on this kind of crop or that edible crop, but there's no testing on cannabis and then smoke it later. I mean, we don't know. Um, so uh, the criteria for use of a pesticide on cannabis is it is intended for unspecified food products, is exempt from a tolerance, and is considered low risk. If you use pesticides for cannabis production, you should consult the guide list, follow the product label, and, you know, use it according to all directions, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously. So, Please um, follow directions closely. Yeah, don't put it in a bag and huff it. I mean, come on, put it on your plants. <laughs> use so, what it's used for. Yeah, and then I'll <laughs> say this. This is old news for probably people that are, you know, using these natural pesticides and stuff. So, but I just want to recap. There was a product called Guardian. I actually was intending to use because there was a lot of hype online about it that was being spread all over. Everybody was happy. It killed spider mites. Oh my gosh, a natural product. Smelled like cinnamon. Great. I mean, how, how this miracle cure, right? Well, there you go. We'll come to find out it had this ingredient called ivermectin. And that's unstudied too. I don't, to be honest, I don't know if that's natural, not natural. I just know it's not studied on people and smoking it. So, yeah. Um, they took that off their list that was back then and Guardian hasn't been sold. I'm not going to go into the details, but you know, if, it, if you got a bottle sitting on your shelf somewhere, throw that shit away. <laughs> uh, and then, so that link, I'll, I'll put it up there, um, on our show links so that you can have it. And that, again, that tells you the 250, uh, products that you can use. Um, and then. A couple, this is a really interesting one. Let me read this real quick. Oregon Credit Union offers banking for cannabis. Ooh, right? we're getting one. Well, this, okay, this is the, let me, it's not exactly like, let me read this and tell me what you think. For marijuana businesses looking for a bank that won't shut their account down, look no further. One small credit union in Oregon is offering bank accounts to businesses that deal in cannabis but they try to not make it publicly known. I'm not doing them any justice, am I? <laughs> the Statesman Journal reported... This is supposed to stay underground. <laughs> Don't tell anybody, guys. This is, by the way, this is found in Oregon Cannabis Connection. It's already made publicly by, you know, this media. So right. I'm just helping. Uh, the Statesman Journal reported... We're just getting the word out. <laughs> <laughs> The Statesman Journal reported in December that MAPS, MAPS, M-A-P-S Credit Union offers banking services to cannabis businesses. It says, these are quotes, I believe. Yeah, the account, the accounts MAPS offers to marijuana businesses are one of the best kept secrets in the industry. Okay. <clears throat> the credit union doesn't advertise the accounts. Businesses that have an account can't talk about it. What? Okay. Sign my letter. What, you can't talk about what we've said here today. What you lie, but listen to what they do. And then also, I mean, what do they do? Do they come after you if you say something? Do they send I people to your door? 
<laughs> and it says, uh, just like you pointed out, though, it says Maps has them sign a non-disclosure mm-hmm. agreement when the account is opened. That's great and all. I mean, is that like a HIPAA violation? Like, do you have to have somebody present and like report you? Like, oh, hey, they were talking about they have an account. Well, no, with you. I think that just means that basically you're not allowed to talk about your businesses that goes on, and if you do, they can come back and. I, basically just litigate with it i don't know it's i know i'm just being facetious i don't know unless they it was entertaining have ties do they, do they bug you <laughs> when you sign that letter do they like shoot something in no your it's arm, cool like, it's cool it just it sounds interesting so it says for organs cannabis <clears throat> business owners unaware of maps unique service securing something as simple as a checking account can be nearly impossible cannabis businesses across oregon are constantly opening new accounts or simply operating in cash for fear of their account being abruptly closed so having, you know, an Oregon bank that does this is pretty awesome. You can reach out to Shane Saunders, Vice President of Operations at MAPCU. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we should put that on our show notes, but, you know, you can look it up. Right here it says www.mapscu.com. We're not affiliated with them. I'm not promoting them. I just no. saw this. And it's interesting. So maybe you can just look at that and see, you know, because if you're if you need to do business and these guys are willing to do business with you and be able to get you a safe spot for your money, I don't see how that's bad at all. This is in the Oregon News newspaper, isn't it? Oregon uh, Cannabis Connection. Yeah. It's it's a statewide newspaper. Exactly. One that you can find anywhere. So it's not like we're. Well, no, I just mean, I I don't know if if Maps wants us to do that. So, but. Uh, again, it's publicly, you know, they're on a website here. So check them out, I guess, yeah, if you want to look for a bank account. Hell. And then just real quick on this one, Oregon's first drive through dispensary. I thought that they were outlawing. I think that's Portland. Oh, yeah. so, so only I think city, Portland. Yeah, I think city huh. ordinances can make, well, cities can make their own ordinances. Okay, of course, so, so where's this? I think you like this. A marijuana dispensary in Gold Beach, Oregon, will offer a drive through window for folks to purchase marijuana. It will be the first of its kind in Oregon. Go Gold Beach. Woohoo. You know, and I didn't I don't remember seeing any while we were there. I only saw some in Brookings. Drive drive ups? No, dispensaries, dispensaries in exactly. general. I didn't yeah. see any in Gold Beach, so that's awesome. We didn't see any, but did we actually look like did we search? I think we did, didn't we? I think we looked on Leafly and we did not see anything okay. on Leafly. Maybe there's a small time one that we just didn't see. Right, right, right. But um, yeah, well, there you go. So if it's the only one, it's got to drive up now too. I guess they're probably, are they going to have a menu like on the, like Starbucks? Or do you drive up and you're like, I want a venti, uh, <laughs> a venti. bag That's of OG Kush? Awesome. I mean, what? Do I get to smell still? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Can- can I sniff it and touch it? Or is it strictly like the only guy, is it like a McDonald's all day breakfast menu where you only got like six items? You get a Big Mac or a 10 piece. Look, you can get some Gorilla Glue, no- glue number four. I can't talk tonight. No. You can get some Gorilla Glue number four. You can get some OG. You can get some haze. You can get some pineapple. And that's it. What do you want? I don't know. So, but it's cool. We'll check that out when we go to the coast. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's what I got for Oregon. You know, I didn't want to take up too much time, so. That's awesome. What you got next for entertainment? Anything good? Um, actually, I, f- I found it pretty entertaining. Okay. Uh, How a Marijuana Movie Revived Neil Patrick Harris's Career uh, by James McClure. I like Neil Patrick Harris. I do, too. I really do. He's, uh, 
does it say i mean is he a cannabis does he smoke does it i don't know it, i mean but i haven't read I don't know. thoroughly on this one he's cool enough he must smoke weed <laughs> he should he should be a weed smoker he's pretty cool all right when you hear that when you hear that a former child star has stolen a car during a drug binge you usually assume that she or he is spiraling out of control like drew barrymore Corey Haim or Corey Feldman and Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> but in the case of Neil Patrick Harris, who turned 43 June 14th, that story was all about him getting his career on track by playing a rowdy parody of himself in the celebrated marijuana movie, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Go figure. He went from a childhood genius to a freaking, I don't know, a stoner movie dude. Right. Oh, and by the way, happy birthday, Neil Patrick Harris. Today was, too? No, that was two days ago. No, that was yesterday. Oh, it was June fourteenth. He turned forty-three. Oh, thank you. Look at all the success <laughs> that we're getting out of these people in their forties. I, I just, I'm loving this. <laughs> all right, before agreeing to per, before agreeing to portray a perverted caricature of himself, Harris Harris's career was languishing. Since that's correct, right? Languishing. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Since hanging up his stethoscope at the series end of Doogie Howser, M.D., 1989 through 1993, he had starred in a number of flop features, including Starship Troopers in 1997 and Undercover Brother in 2002. All that changed when he made the daring decision to destroy his wholesome image by signing onto the White Castle flick. But his show-stealing cameo almost didn't happen because Harris was nervous about his portrayal in the film, especially since the crew hadn't informed NPH about using him in the movie before the production began casting parts. So when NPH found out he was a, char- he was a character in the script, he had his agents and lawyers find out what was going on. Harris told Cinema Blend in 2012, I wind up meeting with the guys kind of cautiously to see just what their plan was because when you're talking about an extreme version of yourself you want to make sure you're not painted in a super shitty light even though it's like dark and funny and whatever tons of drugs and strippers and lines of coke is dangerous is dangerous territory potentially yeah well he'd already been probably typecast to begin with so right why get retypecast into another whatever exactly the White Castle crew was also nervous about the meeting because NPH was their top choice for the actor who would parody himself in the film. When we were writing, we were hopeful he'd understand it wasn't Gary Coleman's it, it wasn't a Gary Coleman part, that the joke wasn't at the at his expense. Screenwriter screenwriter John Hurwitz told the New York Times in 2006. He added that their runner-up was Ralph Macchio of Karate Kid fame. Yeah, you're Is showing your right? age here. It's yeah, Ralph Macchio. Wow, <laughs> the karate, the OG Karate Kid. Yes, from the original one, of course. Of course, not, he was not the new one was, with. Well, I mean, you know that was. It was a good one. Don't but, actually, geez, I don't think I see. I'm that showing either. my age here because I just prefer the classic and just. I think we prefer the classic Ralph, of a lot of things. Ralph Macchio played. He was like this Superman character where you get this really dumb kind of goofy. He was an Italian, yeah, Italian yeah. goofy kid yeah. that somehow just whoops at, I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but NPH was receptive to the idea, provided that the script didn't include too many references to Doogie Howser. <clears throat> he also requ- required that the crew to run all script revisions by him for approval. 
I agreed to do it so long as any changes that made they made had to go through me contractually. Harris told Cinema Blend, which I thought was very powerful, powerful and hilarious. And they were fine with that and they didn't make any changes. Um, and the result was game changer was a game changer for the former child star, allowing him to become a household name as opposed to being remembered as Doogie by mainstream American audience. Yeah. So you see, he's already typecast. Yeah. As Joanna Robinson of Vanity Fair noted in 2014, this movie is where Neil Patrick Harris becomes a brand unto himself. It's no coincidence that Harris landed his role in How I Met Your Mother, one of our favorite shows, yeah. 2005 to 2014, immediately after his film came out. You think Doogie Howser would have landed that role of Lothario without the performance? No way. Of a Lothario, sorry. In case you haven't seen the movie, here's the exact scene that laid the clean image of Harris to rest, which you guys will have to watch that on your own when you uh, get the show notes for this because oh, it's yeah. a pretty it's a pretty funny part. From oh, the on movie. the yeah, on the clip. yeah, mm-hmm. it's the actual clip from from White Castle. Yeah. You you know which part I'm talking about. It's, sure. Yeah. So they'd have to next watch time. That let on me know, own. and we'll put that on the. We'll at least put the audio on. Yeah, it's it's not so much that you can it's funny to watch too oh i see yeah <laughs> is that it is that all you got that's all i got for you okay so real quick we're going to talk about uh our portland trip all right yeah and you know obviously this is just the the meat of it is going to be put on our website in terms of you know the review and everything that'll be content that we have for the website uh but i wanted to talk at least briefly about what happened and going up there and who we talked to and uh you know what we thought about that absolutely and there was a couple that deserved mentioning um so basically we went up there to hit portland first and we stopped by portland here's the deal we only had one day to do this and we wanted to hit as many uh notable places as we could and the problem with that is yes we're on a schedule but we did not we didn't run in and we ran out. We spent a reasonable amount of time at each place. And, you know, it's just, <clears throat> with that said, we went to Portland first uh, based on the routing that we could do uh, <laughs> and the fact that we live in Southern Oregon. We don't live up north. And no. let me tell you, the traffic up there is friggin' insane. The streets are crazy. And if you don't know your way around, Two miles is like 20 in Portland. And, you know, that's using Google Maps, too. Yeah. And let me tell you, they threw us in every other direction that you could think of. And we had to turn around a couple times just to find the ones that we did. Right. So we end up at Bridge City. And that was a drive-by stop. Collective. Yeah. (laughs) Well, here's it. Yeah. We stopped there. And, you know, actually, it was quiet around the area. You know, there wasn't a lot of traffic. It was uh, on a part of town I hadn't seen before. Mm -mm. And... Parking was easy. We walked in. Had their own parking area. They had their which own parking. Nice in it Portland. It was nice. Yeah. Uh, so we walk in. It was clean. It was white. It was my first impression. It was just things. There wasn't a lot of color, and it was just clean. Uh, it was a large lobby, and then the window there. Yes. You could hear the guy talking to someone in the back. Now let me say this: There's two styles of dispensary, from what I've seen. And that is you've got your single serve is what I'm going to call it. Yes, I like that. That's yeah. a good one. A single serve. And then you got your, essentially your, I want to say emporium style or right. uh, kind of your gallery style, if mm-hmm. you will. And that's what 
I prefer. I believe that's what we prefer. I prefer that. Uh, I don't know what to say. I th- Only I because guess... I like to. I like to get information. I like to talk. Well, yeah, but you're not embarrassed comes... to have other people around you. No. Here's here's what's the reason I say that it is this. Apparently, there are definitely a, a, a good portion of people that like the single serve uh, privacy. It's privacy. It's they don't want to have other people around when they're asking questions whether that's because I guess they're new or they don't feel like it's in your business. Right. There's probably certain people in the community that would prefer not to be just have a gang of people standing around them while they're trying to do this, at least not overly, you know, uh, visual thing. You know, I mean, I do. It's funny because I see people walk in in their uniforms from work. Like the other day, this guy walked in from oil stop. It's like, whoa, nice that's cool that's cool you don't get drug tested there do you and i appreciate that that's great but there's probably a lot yeah yeah, there's a lot of people that don't want to do that Mm, the single serve style is better so you still walk out and see that person that's going to be going next too that's true that's what's funny that's true so with that you know with that we went in and this was a single serve and we walked in. There was a nice couple couches to sit on, plenty of magazines to read. That's really nice, you know. And the guy, within maybe two or three minutes, poked his head out and said, you know, we'll be with you in a moment. Closed the window, and then that was the last we heard from him. For We were there at least 10 to 15 minutes, closer yeah. to 15, probably yeah. 12, 13, somewhere in there, but closer to 15. We were being patient. I had no issues with waiting. We were reading magazines. I do know that single serve takes a little bit. Uh, he didn't ask if we were rec or medical, which kind of concerned me. And then, uh, you know, that we didn't hear anything else. Like, he didn't so peek back in with us at all. Exactly. And that's the only yeah. other concern I had was that it would have been a little nicer to have him poke his head back out to say, hey, I'm Just another still few more minutes. whatever or I'm this per- whatever but got none of that. And there was no other help in the building. So again, because we don't live in Portland, I don't know if this is a busy area or not. Maybe this uh, location doesn't get enough business to warrant checking back in. I don't know. But, you know, with any substantial amount of business, you'd think you'd want to check in and just say, hey, you know, whatever. He was obviously conversing with the guy. I wasn't listening. You could hear them. I could have listened in. I didn't want to. No. So, you know, I don't know what they're talking about, if it was weed or what happened that week in this work day. I don't know. But we got to the point where we had to go. And they didn't sound like they were coming to an end, you know. It and, didn't. It didn't. Yeah, and it sounded again, like they were still just chit-chatting, talking. Yeah, these, so. And these are just observations, neither good nor bad. Yeah. No. I would have been willing to wait longer to experience whatever experience sure. it, yeah so we, we just didn't have that in the schedule review. yeah and we just didn't have that schedule so we took off that's all i got for you mm-hmm. i don't I, that's all i got we I got pictures i got pictures fine <laughs> um i would have really liked to have seen the strains see what they have to offer if it looked as nice as it did in the front in the mm-hmm. back then that would have been awesome yeah you know so but we I, did not get to experience i guess that. we're just gonna have to try and try and try again right um <clears throat> anything else you want to add to that no, not really, because there really is nothing else to add to that okay. one. Yeah, so the next stop, we made a point to go see Greeley Gallery, which is uh, on the flip side of this whole thing. And one, I did like the area it was in. I did too. Man, it was green, and it looked kind of like Medford or uh, in any part of the Rogue Valley. Um, just reminded me nice. of the really green 
areas just lots of plants and trees and little uh, upper end maybe um you compared know, to where we had came from right there was no graffiti it, it was a no, long ways out yeah. too so but i was really impressed it's now 2.2 miles i think it was 20.2 miles yeah and so we show up there you know the 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 little location was nice uh mm-hmm. there was parking it was next to a minute market which i kind of think is convenient man. yeah you know yeah what was that plaid pantry plaid yeah. pantry so right. uh we wa- i walk you know we walk in there we we're greeted by i don't know who it was because uh, there was no name badge and i don't believe we got the name no I but think i think it was probably yourself. the owner or one of the person that was yeah li- i don't know but very very kind very nice asked if we were medical or rec uh and also uh you know smiled greeted got us in there yeah and then once we got back there we talked to jorge and he was our bud tender he was uh very knowledgeable i thought yeah and he He was his stuff mm -hmm, and he was direct without being over explanatory or just too direct he was just like here's the strain this is what it does here's the deals this is you know i've tried it I recommend it yeah. or yeah here's the deals blah and, and that was it which is great if i have more questions i'll keep going but i don't need a full right. full story one i did one thing i did not enjoy mm-hmm. was the fact that they only put um rec prices okay and this is important to talk about because i think that if you, i looked on the reviews because you know me i researched the shit out of everything Absolutely. so i did i looked at the reviews <clears throat> that i could find on this place and a lot of them, unfortunately, were like, you know, this place is expensive. This is ridiculous. This is, you know, I can't believe that, you know, and you can go elsewhere and get, you know, cheaper flour and just as good and this and that. And I think a lot of that comes from they price it out at wreck. And yes. unless you get your mindset in that fashion, your initial reaction, even for me, was, wow, holy Whoa, whoa, whoa. $19 grams. What? $20 grams. And I, it was harder for me to compute going downwards than it is to compute going up. Right. So when I look at a medical price and say, oh, I just got to add 25% to that. Maybe I'm math, math. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's just easier for me. Right. Going from 20% down or 20%, $20 down, you know, 27% or whatever. It just, yeah. <laughs> it was too much for me. So, I mean, I just, not a problem. Hey, what's this for medical? And they tell you. Yeah, exactly. They'll tell you the price. Not a and problem. In fact, they make sure to let you yeah. know with and, everything. And then here's my feeling. When I looked at, you know, we bought, they were like 19 or $20 grams for rec. There were $12 for medical. For mm-hmm. medical. Yep. Okay. On purpose. <laughs> and, uh, you know, $12 for that quality of Oh wow! Bud yes, was perfect. I'm sorry. Yeah, but we got thirteen and fourteen dollar grams down here, in less than gallery experience um, dispensaries. Yeah, that charge the thirteen fourteen dollars. So yes. twelve dollars, and we got we got Tangy. What was the last name? Tangy Power. Tangy Power. Which which will go tangerine power tangerine power okay green queen and the sauce now the green queen he recommended for nausea which it worked great for I appreciate that worked good the tangerine power that was my pick that was all flavor oh my it had a great citrus 
so aroma wonderful. yeah and a flavor it had a great sativa high i think it's mm-hmm. a hybrid but it had a great sativa high to it it just for that one it packed the power when it came to pun uh, when it came to the flavor exactly it really did mm-hmm. it was very flavorful i really enjoyed the taste of it that would have been a really nice fruity wax it would have been that. a nice fruity wax or even it would have been really nice in a uh, chocolate blunt wrap <laughs> <laughs> That too. Tangerine chocolate, yummy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then the sauce. The sauce, um, I liked it. It was a great indica high. I mixed it in with the stuff when we were, uh, when I mean mix it, I didn't mix the actual bowls, but I went back and forth on you. Yeah. So I don't know if you really no. distinguished between them. No. I liked it. That's why I thought we just tried two right, different ones. Right. And so I liked it. Uh, it was a great indica high for me. I'd actually prefer to have that one again. And the sauce was kind of a Jaegery mix of a variety of Jaeger and something else. Yeah. But um, they, uh, they were all very tasty. That's oh, one thing I do know. High quality, beautiful flower. Uh, you know, good job, Greeley Gallery. It, just like it says, it's a gallery style. You walk in, you serve more than one person. Very clean. Looked like a gallery. Yeah, it was very nice. Everything was, was very nice. I didn't feel overwhelmed though. I didn't feel like I was in out of place. Like I felt okay in jeans or whatever. You right. know, I didn't feel out of place. Um, they and, had, and again, um, the service was great. I felt like, you know, again, they asked if we were medical or not. They had clones. They, they, had. Had, they had clones uh, there that looked healthy. I didn't get to look at them too close. I don't, you know, some, no, I you do, were shopping. I was looking. Yeah. And I do like to see if they have, I can definitely pick out little bugs and stuff. And I do like to see if, that's happening i didn't get a chance there but i doubt it is there wasn't a plethora like there is no some places and they did have some wax i would have liked to have tried but we were just up there getting mostly flour so unfortunately one thing i do gotta say that i've noticed from up there they are not so much on the wax compared to southern oregon you mean they, overall overall yeah they have a huge variety when it comes to the the flour but when it comes to the wax i noticed there was only three different flavors of wax and that was it they had the individual small ones yeah. but most of it it was three different flavors and they it really wasn't their their specialty yeah. was was flour yeah and interesting enough i didn't <clears throat> see a lot of variety of brand names no you know there was a, a fair assortments of i i guess i'll call them private label i, yeah. I you know where you, there's not necessarily a brand um, i'm not saying it's not good stuff either i've tried some private label that is great it's just when you're doing a review and you want to see what kind of product spread they have you know you look for a lot of different brands right you know lunchbox dirty arm uh white label i did not dab see, society i didn't go into the last places but the first one i did not really see much of a selection when it came to that yeah yeah and you know we look for those key the, the key mm-hmm. ones i just said we look for those because we know them we've tried them they're consistent we like to review them Dab Society has got to be one of our favorites, well, yeah. as you know. <laughs> and like I said, White Label, I like the the Dirty mm-hmm. Arm Farm. Um, yeah, Lunchbox. Oh, Lunchbox is one of my mm-hmm. new favorites. So, um, and then let's see. So, with that said, good job, guys. We're definitely going to revisit. You know, yes. if uh, with without having an official uh, written out thing with the stars and everything, I'm talking like probably a four to four point five out of five. It's a great place to go. Nine out of ten. If I we're would going not. The other way. <laughs> you know, don't look at the comments in the sense that you know it's not that expensive. I mean, anywhere you go for rec is expensive. I'm sorry. 
No matter yes. where you go, yeah. it's going to be 18 to $20 grams, bottom line. Maybe these are just the spoiled people that sometimes live up in Portland and they're, they think that that's high priced. Well, they and just... it's a mindset. It's a mindset. You know, people that say it's twenty four ninety nine is a lot different than just $25. Right. You know, that extra penny taken off somehow changes the, the mental mindset. So that wreck pricing and not showing med first just i think throws people off yeah that's just my theory it might not be right that's probably the only thing that i would like to to just change even just have the prices just you know for or list both i don't know that's a lot of work though too so but i think this is a place that you know definitely we recommend so good job check them out when you're around that area and and no they're not overpriced at all and if you need to go to the bathroom, it's across the street. <laughs> yeah. And then when you're done, go grab your, your organic rock star, woo woo, and, you know, go have a good time. So uh, then let's move on real quick because we're kind of dragging this out. But Salem, we went to next because we didn't have much time. And I really want to check these places out. High Cascade has got a new place. I guess they're in like Portland right now. And they're either in Eugene or going to be in Eugene. Mm-hmm. And then Salem, th- same thing. They just opened up. I'd like to see more from them. You know, when I walked in there, it was pretty plain. No artwork. I, they were just getting going. So I'm not going to really be harsh on them at this point. because this is the last one you went to, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And But, I mean, just I'm not going to be harsh on them. They're just getting started. Uh, what they did have was they had a solid product. And they had probably 15 different varieties. Nice. And they were all solid. They had a land race strain, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. They had, uh, what I picked up was called Blue Magoo and the VH1 Super Sour. The Blue Magoo was great. Mm-hmm. It had a great blueberry flavor with, you know, kind of a fruity finish, really creamy. It was really nice. And ultra high-end product, a lot like Greeley. Uh, VH1 Super Sour. The reason I grabbed this one is they recommended it. It was 30.9% THC. That one was pretty tasty, too. I only remember a bowl of it. but No, yeah, well, the grams aren't very big. I mean, no. Cause, but that's what... I mean, we, we definitely experienced it. I liked it. Uh, you know, it's that's the strongest I've ever tried. Right. And it, I think it's the terpene profile. I don't necessarily think that 30.9% is, like, the strongest I felt. Right. Because I think different terpenes hit you different, so... You know, but God, that was great. And I enjoyed it. And it was a great recommendation. I believe that was Trevor and Hope there. So shout out to them. Um, They were good bud tenders. And you could tell they were honest and they knew what they were talking about. So hopefully that gets going for them. From there, uh, we checked out uh, Herbal Grasslands. And that's more of like a, a, I hate to use this word, it's not a mon pa, but it's more of like a down home more close-knit like you walk in there they're gonna call you by your first name where everybody knows yeah exactly (laughs) and you know the customer service was top-notch i walked in there she um she uh laminated my card for me you know and she didn't like she just offered you know no one zero places have done that yet maybe they don't have a laminator and that's fine no that's cool but there you go they took it up another level they have a laminator and they offered it that's awesome that's awesome that really so she did that for me and then i felt kind of bad because i didn't really i didn't buy anything here um just because it was weird it was a single serve but when I was in there, they're letting other people in and helping people and they're kind of bouncing around. So I think they're just trying to settle down on what kind of 
format they want. Right. Maybe they're trying out different forms. Yeah. And uh, the lady was real nice. She was personable. And I appreciate that. Um, but I did not find anything necessarily that I wanted. And I didn't spend the time there to... Because we didn't necessarily want to... I didn't want to say want to stop there. But we didn't plan on stopping there. No. We were actually headed somewhere else. And yeah, I and it was saw just right it and pulled in. So I didn't really have a plan for it. But, but when I was in there, I didn't really see anything that stuck out that I wanted to grab. Not that that was bad. But I didn't pick up anything there. You just explored a little. Yeah. And so, but she did give me a pre-roll, which again, nobody else out there did. No. And, and I we, didn't even make a purchase. Right. And we did so, enjoy it. Yeah. And so there you go. She, and I even told her, I said, I didn't make a purchase. I don't really think I should take one. And she's like, no, take it. So. That was awesome. Kudos. And if you like that smaller feel, more personable, not Emporium and not maybe your gallery, little, little more upscale. That's a good place to go. I got to say, I really enjoy the. They're easy to find with the green cross. That's oh, always that the way that I spot them. Yeah, it, absolutely. Instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, exactly. oh, here. Yeah, and that's cool. It's it's great that we picked that up as a community. Yes. And then um, the one that I really found interesting was TLC Cannabis Emporium. You see them in the magazines right now. They're all over the place. They got these big ads going. Uh, you know they claim to be the biggest uh, show showroom show showcase showroom uh, in the state or wherever, uh, and yeah, it's huge in there. It's nice. Uh, it certainly fits the bill of Emporium. Mm-hmm. So again, here you go on another extreme. Is this what you prefer? Okay, you've got I'd say there was probably at least six bud tenders in there, all in a line right up at the counter. That was a real long counter. <laughs> they all had a computer. They all. Or just it almost started almost started to feel like a grocery store style you know what I'm saying yeah, except that might for be getting a little bit too big that's it was not, borderline for me this no, was more of this almost was almost like a, and this isn't I'm not talking bad this is just a different style but it was almost like a more commercial uh, less personable and Portland just based oh for sure big city style Yes. And it's, it was designed to deal with a lot of customers. Maybe that's why they did it. Yeah. Because of so, I mean, located. you get a lot of people coming in and they can deal with it. They've got the manpower, they got the product power, and they got the 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 floor space to deal with. And, and they did have a line in there. When I was in there, there was four or five people in line still, even though... Oh, there was people going in constantly yeah, the whole yeah, time you yeah. were in there there was people going in and this is worth noting right here what i did like about this place different than anywhere else i've been to yet to date is that you get up to the front door they id you and that's it if you're over 21 you can come in they don't put you through the paperwork they don't you know make you get the paperwork in you walk in after they check your id and until you make a purchase they don't do anything Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then when you make the purchase, they look at your card again. If you're medical, they look at your med card. They get you put in. It was a quick process, too. Like, they got me put in quick. Mm-hmm. So I like that because people don't necessarily want to be put in right away. And if you're new, you just want to go look, whatever. It was great. Showed my ID, got in. I could have went right out. There, they had a large showcase of flour. All in the back wall in big jars. Real high quality. I did not get into it with them because we had not checked out really concentrates to this point. 
And I also wanted to do a review on Jollibee. We haven't touched them yet. So I picked up a Jollibee orange creamsicle from there. I enjoyed that one. And it was nice. It was a good solid. It was only a $15 half gram. I wasn't expecting anything huge out of it. Right. Uh, but it had flavor. It smelled good. It looked good. The, the packaging is nice. And it was, it was great. It was solid. And so, Enjoyable. yeah, and I bought that. I went up to the line. The one thing that was interesting is if you're medical, you go right to the front of the line. <laughs> so not right away. What they do is the first bud tender that's available says, is there any medical people in line? If so, come up. If no one's in line for that, they take the next rec, uh, which is pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Trump and card. yeah, and I think that's nice because for me, I use it for medical truly, but. I don't need it necessarily right then. Like I'm not hobbling or I don't got, you know, a You're major. Not in that much of a rush yeah. that you so, have to jump no, to the front of the But line, I think but that there nice. are people that deserve that. So it's nice that I get that. But I think there are other people that, that are medical that do deserve that. Right. So kudos to them. I'm not saying everybody deserves it that's medical. But, no. but there are certainly people out there that should be put to the front of the line like that. And, right. Okay. So. And that's really it. You know, that was what we got done up there and what we, uh, you know, saw. Anything to add to that? No, it, it was a yeah. fun time. That's that's one thing I could add. We enjoyed a park afterwards. Just yeah. relaxed. So so check those places out when you're up there. Um, we'll move on real quick to the next quick segment. You know, we do talk about the Oregon Rooted Grow, little hoardy talk. We'll just squish that together, and it's real simple. This week was the once-a-week treat. That's all we did. Just did a little DLARF uh, and a little IPM. This week, I just ran neem oil. We need to do a little bit more maintenance on the grills, though. We do, but, you know, we've been so busy. But it's been a long week. I, I, I gave them enough love this week that they're doing just fine. You know, basically, I did a top dress of bat guano again, more feather meal because that gives me that slow slow nitrogen release i'm going to back off that here in the next maybe month or so so that we're not over nitrogen mm -hmm. yeah over fertilizing that but i added some azomite too which is pink the azomite i didn't know it was pink i'd been doing it in low enough light <laughs> that i did not know it was pink until uh this week and then of course earthworm castings i love that stuff and it takes away that nasty smell and I've noticed if you get a lot of fishy products, it, uh, it attracts flies. It's, it's gross. Ugh. Yeah. So, and oh, and inoculated. So I put more beneficials in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and I threw the rest of, I had a little bottle of uh, Fox Farm to grow. So I threw the rest of that in there. I uh, got that off the shelf. And it took it, I told you, it took it all. Like it just, oh yeah, drank oh it right up. Gosh. So maybe I'll have to go, maybe buy more organic liquid just for that so now I just want to finish up with a couple tech things that I wanted to add I didn't really want to talk too much about grow this week just because you know uh, some people want to have a little bit more advanced talk besides just some basic grow so I'm just gonna throw this in here real quick okay and then we'll wrap up um, first of all there's this talk not talk but this word being tossed around more lately called land race strains land race Mm -hmm. I even heard that when I was up in Salem, when I was talking to High Cascade, uh, the guy in there says, oh, I got this Oregon land race strain you should try. I didn't grab it, but basically what it is, is a land race strain is, uh, let's start here. 
historical documents from around the world, some dating as far back as like, you know, 3000 BC, uh, shows us that cannabis has lived with us, you know, grown way back when. Mm -hmm. uh, it's cultivated for religious, medicinal purposes, um, all kinds of stuff through those thousands of years. Um, Many, it says many of the growers believe the earliest cannabis strains sprouted in the Hindu Kush region of Afghanistan, which is really cool. Those mm -hmm. that that Kush because it's been around Afghani for Afghani Kush. Well, that Hindu and Afghani, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that eventually spread, um, including well, basically to South America, Asia, Jamaica, Africa, and even Russia. So we're talking maybe Kush might be one of the original strains. Uh, net net is we call this the indigenous strains uh, land races. Mm -hmm. So these are the strains that basically it's it would be a local variety of cannabis that has adapted to the environment of its geographical location where it's at. Basically, you take a group of these plants that grow in the specific environment and they're kind of isolated to this environment. And there's not a lot of crossbreeding with other cannabis in the area. And it's kind of like an interbreeding thing. And you right. develop these traits that are real solid traits. Where was, that's where you get sativa and indica. Well, uh, it says this accounts for genetic variation between land race strains, which have been crossbred to produce the cannabis variety we see today. So land races have been crossbred to produce the hybrids we have now. And some of them are pretty crazy. Um, a combination of environmental conditions and selective breeding by native populations gave rise to these stable varieties, the forefathers of all modern strains. Uh, so until its prohibition, cannabis remained a cultural cornerstone in the areas of the world that had these land races. Nice. Yeah. So these so, are just the major, the, the top strains. I mean, you think of like Acapulco <clears throat> Gold, um, Maui, Maui, Maui. Wowie. Uh, you know, the, like you said, the Afghani, um, the Hindu. You I would said. imagine maybe the Thai stick, the Thai weed, the stuff that's tied to a stick. Yeah, and the thing is, is people. There's a debate here where people say, "Well, hey, you know, those old strains, you know, they they were not nearly as potent as today's strains." That, you know, and that may be true, but they were potent. Yeah, and there's a lot of old school like Northern Lights. And Otherwise, stuff like that. they still wouldn't be around. Well, not only that, but they wouldn't breed such good weed today. And so I think some of the old stoners had it right when they said some of these strains. So, just for the people or the newbies out there, that's what land race means. It's just, uh, yeah, it's the true breeds that came out from thousands of years of growing in certain local areas and not being spread out. Um, good to know. Yeah. So when they when, when a when a bud tender throws that ashy, you, you know what it's about, and that's nice, you know, to think about. Oh, this is an organ land race, so this is a a, a Brit that that came from this area that knows this. It'd probably be a good one to grow because it's kind of like me. I was born and raised yeah, in this area. It's, so yeah, I'll we have to check those out. don't get out much. And then real quick, the other one is, and maybe not so quick, but it's. Again, taking it to the next level here, we have concentrates that comes from extraction, you know, extraction from like solvents, stuff like that. That gives you a product of about, say, 60 to about 80%, 85% concentration. Well, you see these other products coming out called like clear. You mm -hmm. see them for like 60, 70, 80 dollars a gram. Let mm -hmm. me tell you what that's about. 
that's a completely different thing. It's people would like to think it's a new process because it's just coming to cannabis, but it's just an old, old chemistry thing. Basically, it's called fractional distillation. I'm not trying to throw big words at you, but this is what it is. Fractional distillation? Correct. And it does break that down. You're distilling the product, so it's just like making alcohol or even refining oil into gas. You're mm -hmm. distilling it, okay? But what you're trying to do is separate all the other fractions of it away from it and leave just this terpene, that CBD, this so THC. <laughs> yeah, because here's how it works. Basically, it is a separation of a mixture into its component parts or fractions, like I just said. So you separate the chemical compounds by their boiling point. So think of it this way. If you get like a one chemical that boils off at 100 degrees and mm -hmm. one chemical that boils off at 78 degrees, okay, well, that chemical that boils off at 78 degrees is going to, you know, come up that cooling chamber and right. it's going to be the vapor that gets distilled into a stronger form, mm -hmm. whereas the other will fall back down in because it's not at its boiling point right okay so i was trying to keep that as simple as possible um so what happens is you can do a simple distillation like when you make alcohol mm -hmm. you take it you distill it you, you, basically you're simply just getting that alcohol from the all the other liquid and bs and just yeah. taking that out that's because it has the the boiling point of that alcohol is much different than any other boiling point of something in there with cannabinoids, it's way harder because when you get a window of less than 25 degrees Celsius, mm -hmm. but just basically 25 degrees between the compounds, that's a small window and you can't just simply distill it off. Yeah. You have to find that perfect spot. Yeah. Okay. And so you also have the right equipment. So basically you do that. You, you have, you know, you'll have your own formula or whatever that tells you these boiling points of these certain compounds mm -hmm. and you can literally vaporize or boil off all the other stuff you don't want you know as long as you know what points those are at yeah the other problem with uh cannabis cannabinoids is that they take a real high temp to boil off okay i have noticed that so let me go further and talk about it this way uh let's see cannabis distillate which is what they call it so this is not mm -hmm. dabs. This is not wax. This is not uh, any of that stuff. This is when Cannabis you take it to the next distillate. level, this is distillate. Okay. It's a solvent free process that extracts up to 98% THC in a refined and pure manner. While every company has a different method, the most basic form of creating distillate parts with an already processed cannabis product like bubble hash, FECO, which is Rick Simpson oil, mm -hmm. fully extracted cannabis oil, BHO or CO2. The cannabinoids, mainly THC, are generally pulled from the starting product with steam and then fractionally distilled to refine the final oil into a pure form. The end result is a product that is, I mean, it can go from like 80% up to 99%. Is it really clear? Yeah. Like water clear or like does it have a light haze to it? light 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 yellow mm. i mean it's just probably probably clear in some forms depending on the the actual product it came from um so the thing about this is it is pure and it opens up a whole new door of things one is it has no flavor 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can put it in food and you don't taste anything but the food. So there is no making recipes that blend with the cannabis flavor. It's yeah. you just put it in there and eat it. The other thing too is you can also then control and this is getting into realms that people don't necessarily want to go into, but I mean other people cuz they don't want to you know this seems like modification, but you can add back in terpenes to it to flavor it how you want or mm-hmm. even have it affect you how you want. So instead of finding the right strain, you just take the right terpenes, put it in there, and you got right. whatever mix you want. Now, as long as that stays natural and organic, like natural terpenes, that's cool. But if they start making up some Monsanto genetic <laughs> bullshit, then that's where it gets funky. Back away. For me, yeah. But so the fractional part, um, once that's done, it's the raw form of the THC. It is a liquid. It's pretty much clear. I guess the clear name has been taken now. It's like a, they've got like some company has that name clear and oh, it's so. an intellectual property now. But, you know, they're saying that you have to do this. Now it's becoming such a big business that you, you're going to have to start protecting your info. But um, so even taking that a ne- next step further is they got companies out here that are like refining this distillation process. Mm-hmm. And there's one company out there that basically what they've done is uh, they take a system that has like a better seal because you you do this under a vacuum process, and the reason you do that is because remember what I told you it vaporizes off, boils off at mm-hmm. a high temp. Well, in a vacuum, uh, you can reduce that temperature. Like pressurized. It's not pressurized. It's a vacuum. Just a vacuum. Oh, so okay. you're sucking out the pressure in there, making it like space, right? Right. So um, when you do that, you can reduce that temperature. Well, apparently they've now got it to where they've got such good seals and and such a vacuum that you can create in there safely and whatnot that they've got it narrowed down to, you know, almost, uh, well, the temperatures are low enough to where it's real stable. Let me just read. This is from uh, basically Dope Magazine. Mm -hmm. This is a good little segment about this new step. It says the molecular distillation process occurs solely through specific technology. The process uses a very high force vacuum, like I said, to be able to distill cannabis oil or any other product at a much lower temp. Okay. Mm -hmm. In the case of cannabis, there's a very high boiling point for cannabinoids. Uh, This is where utilizing the correct technology and process for the manufacturer to distill the cannabinoids, uh, you know, it becomes important and especially for these lower temps. So the reason is, is by using, this is called a wiped film short path distillation. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> okay. Short path. I imagine because it's, it's lower temps, it's quicker, but basically one can distill the cannabinoids at temperatures well below their atmospheric boiling point. So basically what that affects is this thing called residence time. The amount of time the substance is exposed to heat as it travels through the evaporator. So basically you've got this beaker or this, you know, essentially a a, a flask at the bottom. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you've got your Bunsen burner underneath it, heating it up and you got your stuff in the the flask Mm -hmm. and it goes up this column, this glass column, and you put a thermometer at the top. Well, as the vapor comes up that column, it's getting cooler and cooler and yeah. cooler and cooler and cooler. So you're controlling what's going back down in the flask yeah. and what's being distilled. Exactly. And you know that by the thermometer that's at top. Oh, okay. So okay. that's pretty simple. 
Okay, well, that's the simple method. The one I'm talking about, the short path, is adding a vacuum to that, a high, high, intense vacuum to change that atmospheric pressure. And it essentially lowers those vaporizing points and it makes a stable product. So you can put it on the shelf for a long time and everything retains to it. So um, I think this might be the way things are gonna go once this becomes cheaper, you mm -hmm. know? But anyway, I thought I'd throw that in there and see what the listeners have to say. It is taking a little bit higher level than what we've been talking. But, you know, that way we have a little bit of something for people that, you know, already know about a lot of this stuff yeah. and want to know a little bit more. And, you know, later on we'll add the Grow Talk back and, you know, talk more about that. So. All right. All right. So that pretty much wraps up this episode. We did go a little longer than normal. Huh, not too bad. But um, since it's only a one week or once a week show, I don't feel too bad about that. <laughs> um, I do want to mention, of course, the OregonRooted.com website. I promise, I promise, I promise will be up, you know, say by tomorrow. He's diligently but, working on but it. But by the end of the week, yeah, I've got some help. Thank you, Sir Tucker, uh, with that. And we're so close there. So just, folks, hang on just a day or two longer. Once I have that up, if it, we may even just, maybe I'll do a, like a five minute, just little announcement and put it on the RSS feed. So it updates everybody right. and they'll know <laughs> maybe yeah. definitely put it on the, our social media, but uh, just please give us, I know that the, once we get that website up, it'll really make it a lot easier for people to access our exactly. shows and comment and let us know what's going on. Uh, but until then, you know, you can find us on Facebook at Oregon Rooted. You can find us on Instagram. At um, Oregon Rooted. Yep, straight across the board. We're on Pinterest and, uh, of course, Twitter. So you can always comment there. But I will definitely let you guys know when we get this organ rooted up so that you guys can have a central spot where we can get this community going. Spoiler alert, it looks good. It does look good. And we're excited. So we can't wait to bring that to you. And, um, yeah. So uh, email us, though. Now you can definitely email uh, either Lady Sativa or me, higherpeaks at organrooted.com. Either way, uh, the dirt show at organrooted.com as well. We've got that up now, and that's a good uh, general box that you can send to. Yes, and emails always come to us. Yeah, definitely comes directly to us now, so we can respond to you fairly quickly. And it's a good way to get your comments in and questions. Next week, we're going to release questions. Yes. Yeah. So next week we're going to have questions. We will pick out the best ones and um, and we'll present a couple so that we can start interacting that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we'll have those on the website by then too, of course. So give us uh, questions. Yeah. 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 But we'll get some. And so I think that's it. Uh, remember though, uh, check out our show supporter, peacemakergear.com. And shoot, once we get the website up, you can let us know what you think about the gear. Absolutely. Okay, because we will be handing this stuff out for you guys to check out and try, okay? Prizes. And again, we appreciate the listeners from the West Coast, Oregon, California, and Utah. We definitely love you. So I guess that's it. Anything Here's else? Shout out. <laughs> yeah. Anything else, lady? No. Everybody have a good week. Okay. Have a good week. Okay.